All right, y'all. One, two, one, two. What's going on? You are now in tune to the syndicated worldwide Fusebox radio broadcast. Ow. Bringing the best of hip hop and soul music from all over live and direct on the weekly since 1998. Ow. Whether on your FM dial, internet radio station, website, or a podcast, we just try to be one segment of the folks who are trying to bring quality, just offerings period media wise yes, to people yeah. much less you know the segment that we represent with quality black media on the radio airwaves you know good music good talk all that good stuff in the next three hours of mix you got myself dj fusion on the mix and the news commentary and all that and you got my padre my bro john judah on the same what's going on there judah yes indeed ladies and gentlemen it's the incredible the funky A.K.A. John Judah do his thing thing in I can Big shout out to all the peoples in the world We about to get down Fuse Box of course Continuing situ- situation in yeah, They be biting stage It's all good Fuse Box coming in like a wind in the rage you know what I'm But yo what's the deal Fuse Oh Happy to be here another week to go ahead and you know rock some cool stuff Got a cool interview with my people Polo the Fur King on this week's show yeah. um, Last week of Black Music Month here in the United States and the UK and also, you know, the week that we will be um, broadcasting throughout all of our outlets um, running right into 4th of July weekend. So, you know, a lot of goodies going on, old school, new school, everything in between. And as always, definitely have to give much love and prop to all of our various outlets that um, broadcast us, you know, all of our syndicated outlets and affiliates. Yeah, yeah. Definitely check out those right now. We are 30 plus folks. Either, which is a blessing Either on our official um, blog site Blackradioisback.com We got them all listed yes, Or on the um, official MySpace page Which I finally got a chance to do a little bit of updating on today At MySpace.com Slash Fusebox Radio F-U-S-E-B-O-X R-A-D-I-O Good to go And on both sites you can check out archives of the radio shows Get some free downloads mm. tapes, different mixes and all that um, event listings coming soon We got some um, graphic design work getting done on that yeah. And it's a whole bunch of other um, Nice goodies um, Not just stuff from us But all of just various music things And all of that Where good that? stuff And of course We are um, part of the folks who are on the Twitter wave We didn't have to wait for Oprah to show You know what Twitter is Before you know folks hopped on it But you know Y'all know how we try to do with the technological and twitter.com slash fusebox radio. Yeah. And if you're part of the Facebook nation and for some reason you want to catch some DJ Fusion babblings, because I'm pretty much the main one who babbles on Facebook and um, Twitter when folks do the interaction, facebook.com slash fusebox radio as well. So definitely feel free to join. Get it in. I don't mind conversating as long as, you know, nobody comes, you know, rude or crazy. Whether it's people want to solicit getting their music played or just, you know, going back and forth in general. Because on both sides, you know, I will post up. I post up news stories. I do our promo, of course. And there's other various random stuff on folks' minds. And speaking of that, we're about to segue a little bit into um, a bit of commentary. All right. Since we're a weekly radio show with the syndication, it either seems like absolutely nothing happens in the course in between the time we do each show or a whole lot of crazy stuff happens. And during last week's um, show broadcast time, we talked about the, <clears throat> excuse me, the train crash that happened in Washington, D.C. A lot of the funerals are happening to the floor of that right now with the subway. Definitely prayers and condolences to everybody who uh, passed away and also no got injured 
during that particular um, crash, crash on the red line for all of my D.C., Maryland, Virginia peoples here in the States. Okay. And I was already like, wow, that's abnormal. That's kind of a crazy week. Little did we know how much stuff would go on within the news within the past week. I guess the first thing we'll touch base on, since that's one of the things that's getting a lot of play, is um, these um, passings of various celebrities around here. Um, we talked about it. I think we talked about Epic Man last week, and that was like, oh, that's kind of crazy. And then we had last Thursday. Oh man, Farrah Fawcett passed away. Um, rest in peace to her. She passed away um, of advanced cancer and stuff. Um, I personally was not, I guess, cognizant of her power during the age when she was her biggest, which was the, the Charlie's Angels time frame. And all of that, you know, I was a little, little kid when that was jumping up. I've seen that in um, rerun cycles and stuff. But for me personally, what got me on Farrah Fawcett was two things. Um, when I was younger, I saw a movie called um, The Burning Bed that she um, starred in. And that was a very, very serious movie um, about domestic violence. And supposedly from what I heard from my relatives, it kind of, you know, scared some dude straight because essentially to sum up the story, uh, it was a woman who was being abused constantly by her husband and everything else. And one day, you know, she just snapped. She literally poured some flammable liquid on this dude when he fell asleep and just... That was all she wrote. Pretty much and just toasted him up or whatever. And they'd go through the court case and everything else. But it showed, you know, the size that had people even get to that point. And for folks at that particular time frame, it was like, wow, you know, some of this abusive stuff really goes on all over the place. And this movie kind of portrays that and maybe there should be a stop to it. She was also a very big advocate for, you know, being against domestic violence. So I definitely had to give her props on that. And also, she just had the documentary. She was going through, I guess, those last stages of the cancer. I know it's been on Oxygen Channel. I think it replayed on MSNBC and some other stuff this weekend. Um, I watched that with my mom. That was a very serious, very serious documentary right there. Essentially, um, she had people film her when she was going through the stages of getting doctor's treatment and stuff like that to really show how serious it can get with, you know, cancer. I mean, I've had family members affected by cancer, whether they, you know, were able to get it into remission, as it were, or folks who got really sick and passed away. And I think one of the things that was deep about that for people who I know who watched it, they were like, wow, this thing can affect anybody. Because you think that, wow, you know, these folks are rich. They got a whole bunch of money, this, that, and the third. You saw people traveling all over the world. But that sickness still got folks when it was supposed to get them. And you definitely saw people go through various things in terms of having to deal with things and cope and humble themselves in that regard. And that was a rather brave thing for people to do, to put that message out there. No doubt. When they probably knew that things were at a very very bad stage they were like no i still want to have people see this and realize what was going down so definitely you know a big rest in peace to her and condolences to her friends family and all of that no doubt about it and yeah i just want to say briefly um now nah, i'm gonna go ahead now you go ahead okay now i was at my nine to five when i heard about farrah Fawcett dying I am getting ready with Judah. We met up in D.C. to, you know, chill out and do some business stuff or whatever. And I happened to look at my phone. And y'all know I'm on the Twitter account and everything. 
and the first thing I see is Michael Jackson has a heart attack. And I'm thinking, man, that's just a rumor. You know, stuff spreads all over the internet. Like my CNN feed, nope, Michael Jackson had a heart attack. Wow, that's kind of crazy. But he'll probably be okay, because one of those things that probably hit in the back of the mind was like, these two kind of famous people aren't going to die in the same day. That's kind of rare. We're traveling around D.C., turn on WTOP. Michael Jackson is in critical condition. Wow, this is not family going over to the hospital in Cali and everything. By the time we get to around a certain segment of North Webster, we're going to get some business done and grab some eats. We're in the cab. We're talking to, you know, a brother cabbie or whatever. Like, yo, you hear about Michael Jackson, blah, blah, blah. At that time, only one media outlet, TMC, said that he passed away. The second we get out of the cab is when they made the announcement on the news station here in the D.C. metro area that Michael Jackson passed away. 50 years old. Young. For most folks at that particular time frame. Right now, as of this broadcast, we do not know the cause of his passing besides that something led to cardiac arrest and that's how he passed away ironically my stepfather passed away of the same scenario and wow what can you really not say about michael jackson in popular culture well essentially for the past well essentially all of his life but especially the past 40 years he was into music he was a part of popular culture whether it was ups or downs like michael jackson was one of those folks who only very few people had in popular culture especially like popular black culture like james brown he was one of those folks you just always expect to be there you know what i'm saying judah like he you would just always be like oh man mike yeah, like man mike ain't going away that's why it was such a shock to hear that he passed of a heart attack you had to think his impact in popular culture was just for so long and through so many generations, it was like, you know, man, well, you know, I'll probably be about 56 years old. We'll be, you know, seeing Mike at the Kennedy Center Honors or something as a, you know, old dude. And he'd be having, you know, mad different cats imitate him and do the moonwalk and all other, you know, types of stuff. And his music, I think, throughout his career had a positive impact on people in multiple ways. And, you know, just as music, you know, the grooves were slammed. And you can play a Mike Jackson album even before he passed away. And, you know, you can get the party started. You know, you can throw on, like, Off the Wall or Thriller and some other joints, you know, at the club jam. And you would have the majority of those cats grooving. Whether they're like, you know, yo, I like rock music. No, I like R&B. And I like hip-hop. There's going to be one mic groove you could probably get somebody really, really amped off of. And we're just talking about that solo Mike. We're not talking about the Jacksons when he was with his brother or the Jackson 5 when he was a little, little boy. You know, we're just talking about Michael Jackson's solo career. You can just be like, yo, I'm throwing on a joint. Woo, that's my Mike jam. And that's a very, um, very rare thing. And also his impact with black musical culture well, in terms of this past half century was just extremely international. How many black folks do you know could go to almost any country even when they're not at the peak of their career and have folks bugging out like bugging out we're not talking about oh yay so-and-so's here like you know chicks and dudes screaming and fainting and all other type of stuff before he even said a word i was watching some older concert footage um 
proper TV one for actually showing some really great um concert footage from him and um A and E. And they had one of his dancers from back on um I think the Bad Tour on. And he was like, yo, that was the most amazing thing I seen in my life. He rose up from stage. All you heard was screaming. He just stood there for a while. And they showed it while he, this dude was narrating. And all you heard was, ah, ah, ah. And they're like, these people are screaming their hearts out. He ain't even do anything yet. They like, then he took off his shades. And just started putting them down really, really slow. The screaming got even louder. Then he just stood there again <laughs> for a few minutes. Like, you know. The man knew how to rock a crowd. And for anybody who likes any type of music, I don't care, you know, what genre it is. How many people can truly rock a crowd anymore? This man rocked a crowd standing still before getting into the music and having everybody trip. You had somebody who hadn't been on tour in an extremely long time, sold out over a million tickets in the UK. Fitty show. Folks were like, because they even, you know, during his ups and downs, they were like, this man, from our memories, if he's able to remotely kick it like he did back on the band, this is going to be an historical moment. Now, we don't know what would have happened if he still lived, but all I know is if he had one show that was off the chain, half of these cats would be talking about, I'm the best, I'm the greatest, I get 20,000 YouTube plays and mad MySpace downloads, would have been looking punked out. And as of this show broadcast, from what I have gotten from early SoundScan ratings, um, from the day Michael Jackson died, we're not even talking about a full week just yet. Supposedly, three to four of his albums sold over 100,000 copies. So, the Billboard <laughs> Top 10 from over 40 years when this man started his career <laughs> is going to be filled with Michael Jackson albums. In the recession age. Okay, we're talking about a man who started when all you had was a vinyl disc. And folks were just killing it. The iTunes numbers came in and it said, I think, eight eight to nine out of the ten albums sold um, from MP3 downloads on iTunes were Michael Jackson albums, Jackson 5, Jackson's. And I think it was like eight out of ten were various singles. From somebody who hadn't dropped an album since Invincible, which I think was about eight years ago? Eight, nine years ago. How many people can do that? You know what I'm saying? Utterly, totally amazing. And for some people, like, yeah, you're talking all this, that, and the third, and the music and stuff like that. Fine. If you want to get on the sales type of thing, let's break down the brother's career. In his lifetime, 750 million units sold. 750 million. Thriller is still the top-selling album of all time since they started tracking record releases. And I think it's, they said worldwide it still sells about 1 to 3 million copies a year. That joint came out over 20 years ago. So think that through. You have folks who we look at, you know, no disses or offenses to them, like the Beatles and stuff like that. They did not have no top-selling album of all time. And, you know, to a degree, the Beatles had a better marketing push than Mike Jackson. <laughs> you know, King of Rock and Roll. No offense to Elvis Presley fans, you know, quote unquote, King of Rock and Roll. You know, you see that dude stuff everywhere. It's not the best selling album of all time, though. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's an ill impact and an ill situation. 
John Judah, John Judah. I know John's like, yeah, you you taking up my mic, man. What's the deal, y'all? Um, I think everybody has said a lot, and I think there's not really too much, really that much to say about Michael Jackson. Um, I think that the brother was uh, at least a good, a good-hearted person. Um, whether we agree with all his choices is another thing, but he seemed like a good nature brother, and um, we all want people like that, you know, in our households and our lives. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, and I think one of the big things about Michael Jackson is Michael Jackson represents black people in America. Period. He didn't represent black. He represented the world. He represented all people. Mike came out of the bloodline of black America. Not out of the bloodline of Caribbean or Africa. But, you know, not the direct link to Africa, rather. But he came, was born in the United States. And he couldn't have really been born anywhere else but the United States. And Mike couldn't have been anything else but a black American. He couldn't have been a black person from the He had to be a black American. Poor black. Poor blacks are the most hated people on the planet, even by blacks from other countries. Caribbean and Africa, and they know who they are in pre-civil rights and you mean post-civil rights, post and pre-civil um, rights era. But um, but yeah, so you know, when Mike represented the the most hated group, and then you saw people just like going crazy because they know that at the root of it, they're really it wasn't just Mike. Mike was a reflection of Black American culture. He was doing James Brown, Jackie Wilson move. You know what I'm saying? All that grunting. That wasn't Mike. That was James. You know, and all the music style that they did. That was that was mostly like from old old time Negroes like James Brown and the likes. So, of course, Mike took it to a level that those jokers never took it to. But Mike represented black people in America, and I'm from that bloodline. So you know. You know, Mike was in a way to able to bridge almost a racial divide. Some people, some people who had maybe never been around Black Americans, you know, Mike got to you know show them that you know there was good natured Black Americans. You know what I'm saying? Who, you know, and I think that I, you know, I'm proud to have heard his music and proud to have been proud to have come from the same group he did, African Americans. You know, who had to deal with the same issues on identity and and acceptance in a, a land dominated by um, uh, people who are not black. But um, definitely, definitely. Um, oh yeah, there was, and, and, and you know, and I think that one, and also, I think it has to be said that I think one of the bigger things we can learn from Mike is not only the hustle and the passion to, to perform and to put one's all into it, but you also learn about things not to do. I'm a firm believer that no black man should be around nobody's children if they're not related to those children. Period. That means in out in the front yard, let alone in in the bedroom. You know, I just don't think you should do that. I don't think any man should do that, particularly black men. I say particularly black men because black men are the most hated. Particularly uh, black American men. That's just the way that is. Okay. Um, I don't think. I, I, I think black people should stay people in general, but but you know particularly African Americans, but should stay black Americans should stay away from tummy tucks, plastic surgery, nose jobs, lip jobs, and jerry curls. 
These are chemicals that do nothing, do nothing but do the skin and body harm. Period. You know, and I think those are the things that we, those are the things that we can learn from Mike, other than being a good natured human being. But you know, that you know, you don't need to get involved with these Nazi scientists to try to make yourself better when it's gonna come back and haunt you. No doubt, Judah. I'm glad you mentioned those things. Also, as a quick dovetail, I think a universal lesson people can learn is you gotta know the company you're around, man. Michael Jackson, unfortunately, is a story that happens a lot in terms of when people get fame. Especially, you know, some of our black stars. You get some of the wrong people around you. They talk in certain things. They influence you a certain way. Or they just don't tell you, you know what, you're messing up right now. Because um, Judah mentioned, you know, on the side in like the, um, the the cases that he had when he was accused of child molestation. Two, by the way, where he was found not guilty of. Let's face it, the most famous black man on the planet. <laughs> I don't care who it is. Obama, somebody, somebody just be like, yo, Obama touched me. And they be, you know, ready to drag his ass in jail. <laughs> and, you know, Obama, he has a fame, but he doesn't have a fame that Michael Jackson ever had. And this dude went through this type of court situation twice. It was a circle. It was a circus. It was crazy. It was bugged out. But both times. And I don't think just due to money. Because the second case, you know, folks straight up said they lied. That it was false. Um, The second case. The first case, you know, it was like a not guilty thing. But they ended up doing like some settlement type of thing. The second case was um the one that Nancy Grace never covering. And um, that was a not guilty type of deal. So, you know. For somebody to be able to go through that, I definitely think that affected his health a little bit mentally and otherwise. Because this was a man who went through situations within his own family where it's documented that there was abuse that happened, both physical and emotional, to various family members. So you had a grown man who felt the only people he could trust in the world, essentially, were children and other folks because they didn't get corrupted. And, you know, he got accused about something that touched the core of himself. That's a very, very deep thing. Now, Judah also mentioned the entire thing with the surgery and the bleaching and stuff like that. On various levels, that reflects the black American experience. If you think about it, you know, some, you know, black Americans, even to 2009 to this day, will talk about people's skin color, their class, this, that, and the third. Y'all, they look funny because of this, that, and all that. Now imagine that for a little boy getting that from his parents, much less the outside world and whatever else. And there was like a parent who was being abusive and talking crazy stuff and whatever else with that. I'm not saying that's the only reason, but you can't say that ain't, you know, cause no psychic scar. And there's some people who might not want to admit it who's listening to this radio show who are of color, but... You know, some folks, if they had the money, Michael Jackson had to depigment themselves would do that in a heartbeat if they felt that they were going to be treated better. Ain't that the truth? In a heartbeat. I mean, there's a reason why in certain countries that skin lightener still sell like hotcakes. You know what I'm saying? So that's a very, very deep thing. I just feel that Michael Jackson was just a very tortured character. And again, we're not saying that we condone all his choices and stuff he did, you know, but have somebody who was that caring within their own life after going through such things much less still being able to want to put out something creatively to uplift and inspire people and doing enough actions to uplift and inspire people because while Mike still bleached and deep pigmented that skin he ain't never say he wasn't black Tiger Woods won't say he black um what's his name the um baseball dude um the Dominican brother 
I can't um, think of his name. Yeah, the one who um, broke the record. I can't think of his name right now. That cat won't say he's black. Michael Jackson went through all of that, and I saw the interviews they had on TV this past week. They're reviewing the um, documentaries and stuff. Michael Jackson was like, I'm African American. I'm black. And, you know, this is from somebody who, you know, you know, Judah and I were talking. We're real. We're like, yo, we've clowned Mike for, you know, the skin situation. I don't believe it was just totally vitiligo. I think there was extra stuff when he went to that extra step. But, you know, people do what they do and whatnot with that. But he was still like, yo, I'm black. I'm a black American. He still makes sounds like we'll, you know, they don't really care about us. You know, well, Mike Jackson was, you know, you checked out the video on YouTube. That was a real hardcore video. He was going there on that joint. This is the man who went out in front of New York talking about, in front of the Sony building, talking about Tommy Mottola's the devil, yo. The music industry be raping folks. And this is Michael Jackson. He wasn't a poor dude when he did this. He went there. He rolled with, you know, Farrakhan and them. You know what I'm saying? In a Y cast for a period of time. Now, I don't think Farrakhan would want to have some bleed skin brother who's a sellout rolling with him <laughs> and representing. That's just me. For those folks who are like, well, that don't represent the hip-hop realm, I don't think Biggie would have worked with him if he felt that Mike Jackson would have sell out. And or molester. Just off of, you know, hip-hop career. Do you want to have that type of thing trailing you? I don't think so. You know what I'm saying? This was a man who donated lots of money, with a lot of undercover money, not just all public. You know, this man who was donating to HBCUs, historically black college universities here in the States, till the day he died. And uh, so besides helping out various music people throughout the years and ages and stuff like that. So like the black American experience, it's been ups and downs and tortures and things. But, you know, folks tried their best till they, you know, gave out. And, you know, with that, I can only give condolences to those um, who he positively influenced from all over. Friends, family, fans, and all of the like. And that ties into this last thing i'm going to wrap up into what happens when people death pass away you truly see the good and the bad of people when folks pass away michael jackson hasn't even been passed away for a week yet and i have seen such highs from folks from this media coverage and then such lows with some coonery it's ridiculous it's utterly ridiculous that people he had talked to for years hopping on larry king like Yo, Mike was this, Mike was that, I did this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you probably ain't talked to that dude in five, ten years. And y'all talking all this to try to get some guap. You know, God only judges. But seeing Michael Jackson pop Joe Jackson on the red carpet for the BET Awards. Not even really talking about his son. Rolling up in there with a lawyer and a publicist as his crew. Talking about, yeah, it's... it's it's sad, the greatest entertainer in the world died. But anyway, I got a, you know, record label dropping some projects on DVDs. I'm like, that's his pops? Oh my God. <laughs> Ew, you know what I'm saying? The Reverend Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton, have they done some good in the past? Yes, but they're looking really bad right now. Rolling with this dude. Really, 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 really bad. People already talking about estate, payments, debt, money. The BT Awards essentially... Besides a few performances and a few tributes, you know, shouts out to Janet Jackson, you know, the young sister Kiki Palmer, um, Jamie Foxx, Neo, Maxwell, in terms of performances, I remember being um, pretty good. Um, even Beyonce, there was just so much coonery there. Shouting out Michael Jackson and wearing a glove don't mean that that ain't no, that's some tribute. That don't mean it. 
and I'll call folks out, the head of BET Network, Deborah Lee, ought to be ashamed of herself for how that entire thing went down. Yes, I understood it only took a few days to get things together, but y'all could have found at least a basic tone of respect throughout the entire proceedings. And a lot of that wasn't really there. Oh, also shout out to the OJs. They did their thing and said some cool stuff and also Don Cornelius, who was um, up on there. But some stuff was just so trifling. How's Lil Wayne and Drake gonna have a song talking about, you know, essentially banging out every girl in the world on the show that's supposed to be the Michael Jackson tribute and have some kids on the stage on that joint? I mean, it's like, sometimes we hurt ourselves, y'all. Oh my God, it's just ridiculous. But, you know, that's just some, some of the low lights, I guess I had to say, to hit on that. Again, there were people who did their thing, and there's some of them I'm not naming. Prop to y'all. If y'all want to hit up my Twitter stream, I was twittering from the pre-show to the post-show. Y'all can check out my varying opinion and stuff on it, which apparently was a whole lot of folks' opinion and stuff on it. Go ahead there, Judah. I just wanted to say briefly, I just want to shout out everybody that's doing um, music, period, but especially everybody that's doing rhythm and blues, soul, funk. Uh, a lot of the stuff that's being played, even on mainstream radio, I think R&B is definitely... Is um, is this some good music being um, uh, put out and aired independently and um, in the mainstream? I am looking forward to the new Maxwell LP. Um, I think that that's going to be a powerful LP. I think the new single um, R&B really needed Maxwell. I think R&B is great right now, but I think that R- people like Maxwell and a whole lot of other people. I think help bring it over the top, and um, I think that's an album to look for. That's definitely an album that Fusebox Radio anticipates and and will play and will promote. And um, big shout out to Homeboy. All right. All right, no doubt. And you know, like I said, busy busy week in terms of events that happen. Kind of long intro, but about to get into the mix. I personally believe the best tribute for all of these people who passed the past week is to as a media outlet you want to be able to represent the best you can you don't need to be pulled by somebody else's puppet strings to try to represent some form of solid positivity in you i'm not saying that people can't do the street stuff i'm not saying that people got to be preaching and other stuff all the time but we all need to have a certain standard i mean there's a basic music standard that ain't passing no more in terms of what a dope groove is like much less what anybody is saying you know, there are outlets that have all this money and power, but they won't even put out no news out there to the people. You know, they won't even try to put out a commentary out there to make people think. So, you know, on that level, I had to give a whole bunch of love and shout out to all the media outlets who are truly about it. Independence, and there are a few major ones who are too, but especially my independent media, radio, web, print, whatever is out there. You know, one thing watching this BT Awards and some of this other stuff that's out there, I'm like, if we don't do it, ain't no damn body else going to do it. And, you know, we need to hold everybody up to a standard. We got to have our own standards in what's going down. If there were various outlets that had those standards, all three people we listed who passed away would probably have never got to the places they did. If somebody to take a risk or a chance to be like, you know what, I'm feeling you, I'm feeling your talent, let's get it popping off. These things want to happen and vice versa in terms of how, you know, everything feeds off of these other and nice little, you know, circle of life type of vibe. So, you know, Fusebox Radio, we're proud to say that we're black media. We're proud to say we're independent media. And regardless of what form we stand in, you know, we're always going to be real what we come from. 
and our vibe and everything else and constantly strive for improvement and you know that's that to all my music people don't you know just do a mike jackson tribute and walk away if you want to really be about that you got to be the best you can be you need to make good music every day damn what a label says damn what the trend is or whatever at the particular time you got to do you and fight hard and do the best you can because the second you give up and think i got a shucking job like everybody else guess what's going to happen you're going to be disposable you're going to get tossed right 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 out the bin you know what i'm saying the reason a dude like that lasted and those people who we call legends and classics in any type of music form regardless of how long they lived because they did it up they did it up the best way they felt they got a part of their spirit and body up in it and we're just like, yo, I'm going to go hard. So, you know, y'all do that. And, you know, we can all combine and make some good things jump off. But, yo, we got, man, over a 30-minute intro because the week was jumping. So, you know what time it is. It's time to get into the groove for those folks who are going to do 4th of July here in the States. Be safe. Be careful. Have a good time. And you know what it is. It's black radio for the 21st century trying to bring some of that goodness back to the masses hip-hop soul funk jazz all that good business here on the syndicated fuse box radio broadcast bringing the best of just all of that from all over dj fusion john judah same funk time same funk channel come check us out on the many many different outlets i Judy judah fuse dj fusion fuse box come on ladies come on soldiers follow me no all right all right Peace.
Fuse right here on the Fuse Box Radio. Thank you. 
Yes, I got some honey kisses, green lips. Yes, I got some honey circle chocolate dipping kisses full of love for you. Yes, I got some honey kisses for your lips. Yes, I got some honey circle chocolate dipping kisses full of love for you. My life has been waiting for your love, and my arms have been waiting for your love to arrive. My heart has been waiting for its own anticipating your love, your love, your love, 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 love. Oh, I don't care how long it might take. Let's go, let's go, let's go. 
and I just let it go. Several days later, you know, you know, the whole Where did that come from? From above. Right here on the Fuse Box Radio, DJ Fusion.
now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion.
Once again, the day. 
sure to show you we will hit the charter harder than the normal rapping for. No massive. This is officially a refugee camp remix. Home with it. Right here on the Fuse Box Radio. DJ Fuse. Hottest on the remix, remix. blast of a craft while I laugh at your V6. Uh, T double O B A to the D. Yeah. You just double A, small time battery buffet. You can't eat off the floors. We been right. work life to power lunches at the four seasons. Too bad.
Lost one of the greatest founders of music of all time. You know what I'm saying? Music has lost the king. Music has lost the legend. Music has lost the icon. Music has lost a great friend. Is it hard to understand? Music has lost a great creator and a, and a great family member. And I just want everybody to know that the styles of music right now that that's being created all came from Michael Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Looking like even my man Neo right now. You know what I'm yeah. saying, Usher. You know guys like that. You know who's invented, the, who who reinvented the game. They got all of that from Michael, man. Clay, did you see it coming? Hey, listen, God ain't gonna let you see it coming. You know, and who are we to question God why He does what He does? But God needed an extra angel, so He came and got Michael to work for Him, and that's what's popping. You know, for this to happen with Michael right now, I mean, it's unbelievable. But we ain't got no choice but to believe it, you know what I'm saying? But Michael Jackson, he's not dead, you know, his, you know that's just his shell that stopped, you know what I'm saying? But he's going to still be in existence anyway. He becomes a guardian angel, you know what I mean? For real. Have you been able to talk with Jermaine or any of the I haven't spoken with Jermaine. I haven't spoken with Jermaine or any, anybody yet, you know what I'm saying? And me and Jermaine, we're real tight, you know what I'm saying? And that's my boy, and that's another reason why I'm here, too. You know what I'm saying? On the behalf of the support, my boy Jermaine, going through this and everything, because you know that he's like my brother, man. You know what I mean? And, you know, the only thing I can say is we're all going to miss Michael, man. I mean, stop the love you save can be all of our own. You know what I'm saying? So we got to take it slow. You know what I'm saying? Because time, hey, listen, man, this is, this is not promised to us. 
So while we living, we got to do the right things with our life while we can, while we're here. You know what I'm saying? And, hey, listen, man. Like I said, who is who are we to question God why he does what he does? He needed Michael, so he got him.
Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. With us now is another Motown legend, Gladys Knight. Saw the Jackson 5 perform at the Apollo Theater in the 1960s and stayed in touch with the brothers, especially her friend Michael, ever since. Gladys joins us exclusively from Reno, Nevada. Gladys, how you doing this morning? I'm hanging in there. I'm when, hanging in there. When the news came yesterday, everybody was in shock. But you're somebody yep. who saw this person in a way not many of us got to see him. You knew him from when he was just a young man and kept a relationship yes. with him from all these years. I met the Jacksons um, at the Regal Theater in Chicago. Um, they were just ch children, actually. And I heard them before I saw them, and I jumped up and I said, who is that? They were rehearsing to do a talent show. Mm. And I ran to the banister to try to see who it was, and their father brought them up after their rehearsal, and I got a chance to meet them. Um, amazing family. Michael was shy, and I don't know if we really recognized that in him all of his life, as he would accept awards. It wasn't about him being coy. It was about him being shy. Mm -hmm. I am so blessed that I was able to know Michael in a different way. Um, seeing him in a room alone, sitting in the dark, and saying, what's the matter, Michael? Or sitting in the middle of the floor. We shared the same manager, Ron Wisner, at one time. And he was telling me the things that had happened or not happened in his life, like not going to a baseball game as a young boy. Mm. Um, and asking me, how do you do this? And how do you do that? So many people that have called in in this industry talk about Michael's inquiries, okay? Mm. How do you do this? How, how, how do you go about make? It wasn't all about how you execute a note. It was about how do you live this life under mm. the pressure. Here was all of this talent. Here was yes. all of this ability. Here was this magnetism yes. on stage. And at the same yes. time, here was a person who I think a lot of people felt sorry for. I, I, I'm, and it's, it's rightful that they do that. To whom much is given, much is required, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And he had an enormous gift. And he also lived by that gift that you're given, you should use. And he used it to the utmost, to the best of his ability. He was phenomenal is a good word and he gave us so much joy mm. but on the other side of that coin we forgot sometimes to understand what it takes in order to do that trying to have a family live a normal life which is almost impossible with the iconic um you know area that michael was was a part of so i loved him he needed somebody to talk to before he was going to court my husband William and I called him. He was in Vegas. A lot of people didn't know that. Yeah. And we called him and he called me back and we said, hey, why don't you just come on over to our house? They would never expect you to be here. He needed some solace. He needed mm -hmm. some other things that we as a group of people couldn't give him. And I hope in this time, I mm -hmm. hope that we will not go so much for the sensationalism. He lived every trial. He lived every wrong decision that he made. It's mm. done. Mm. It's over. Now he needs his accolades for what he gave right. us right. and how good he made us feel. Right. Gladys, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. It's good to see you, honey. My pleasure. All right, be well.
deal. It's MC Light. You're checking out the Fuse Box, bringing the best of hip hop and R&B from all over. Yeah, man. Exclusive. Smoke the rain, son. Fur King. Shit. What it is? Swagger dust Many in the house. Many no right. <laughs> yeah. Front cover against the green kid uh-huh. Fam, hold you down all the way to the district Swagger dust dripping, weed finger licking good Big up to chase millions, seeing Hollywood Pulled through the lens of Felix Cattell He rocked Hell's Bells when he was locked in jail Went in, worked harder, built his context Now we work smarter, New Jersey's his alma mater did it a legend in the game His the bird watched on straight insane So back the fuck up or catch the next train Rock Rudy to the fullest but Polo's his name Rockin' Persian lamps and Gucci frames Polo the fur king, the mogul of the fashion game Mint chinchillas to save a Russian lynx If your fags got dough, he got pretty and pink Kick factory, got the sneaker game and sing Game time athletics, ill like prolifics And shout out to AZ, Miss Fallen and CG Let's radio still hold down the word on these streets Check me on CCTV with Frankie Blanco Wally Sparks, hard body in the place to be I rep Jerry's Buck Boston, got love for me Stunting on the front cover of Urban Steez Banana Pill Uggs, private collection tees His expertise is iced out like hydroponic trees Miss Toy Erotica, yeah top flop models Desalina clothing for life, so pop some bottles This is the takeover, exclusive fashion, get a makeover R.I.P. Lou Diamond, yeah, great soldier. We love you, son. R.I.P. All right, y'all. One, two, one, two. What's going on? You are now in tune to the syndicated worldwide Fusebox radio broadcast, bringing you the best of hip hop and soul music from all over, live and direct on the weekly since 1998. Trying to be one of the many forces to bring the balance back to black radio and just black media in general. And hopefully, you know, lots of folks want to still be on board and listen to us and everything. And with our music and interviews, you know, we spark some good grooves and we spark your mind and all of that good stuff. And y'all know besides the music and all that, we bring some of the best interviews possible from all over the spectrum, whether it's folks who do different things in business, our people in the community, musicians, so forth and so on. And this week's interview is no different. I'm sure some of y'all have been peeping out a lot of these things with the music videos, concerts and so forth, wondering, man, I wonder who really get these people's gear together and styles and make them look hot like they do since some folks do it by themselves but really majority of the time it's not going down in that particular way and as we know black music and general in black entertainment folks always have to have a certain particular set of style and vibe you know to put themselves forth to the masses and we got one of the men here who does it real big for hip-hop and just entertainment in general in terms of making your people look real fly sharp and fresh our man from boston polo what's going on polo how you doing i'm fine how are you i'm doing all right i'm doing all right you know polo also known as the fur king you representing boston if i remember correctly is that right yes i am all right all right and can you tell the people how you got um into that um particular line of business with fashion in general yeah, that, that started from just maybe like in the sixth grade. That's how far this goes back. Wow. It was just, um, I got into Ralph Lauren clothing. I was wearing it just religiously from like sixth grade on. And that's how the name Polo actually jumped into play. Because I was actually for real with 
with that with that man representing. I mean, I had curtains, bed sheets, pillows, soccer wow. balls, football, teddy bears, a cologne, bed, the whole kit and caboodle. So that thing stuck with me from that point on. And as I just got older, a lot of people were just always saying like, "Yo, you spend all this money mm-hmm. on all this fly stuff you getting? Why don't you get into your own clothing line one day, man? And, and, and you are pretty big dude, so you can make stuff for the bigger dudes." And it was no disrespect to the skinny cast, it's just that at the time, that's when Versace was out and things of that nature, and people were definitely, you know, directing me just that if I do get into clothing, mm-hmm. you do your own line, you can save your own money, but also cater to the big guys because, you know, you're a pretty big fella yourself. So that's how it basically, that's how I kind of got into it. All right, no doubt, no doubt. And you were originally from the Bronx NY, is that right? Yeah, I was I was born in the Bronx like as a baby, but as soon like when I opened my eyes and really knew where I was at, my father and mother had a house in Jersey, Bergen County, New Jersey. All right, all right. Shout out to all of our massive in New Jersey. If they know how that goes down, so you're pretty much getting into, I guess, your interest right when a whole bunch of the hip hop scene was really climbing on and seeing all these other cats style and do their thing. I'm sorry, say that again. I was saying, so you're pretty much getting into fashion as a young um, person, right? When hip hop itself was really getting forth and doing its thing major. Yes, 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 yes. Because, I mean, I catered to everybody, it's just not hip hop. That's why I got into the custom made um, clothing because I can design anything. If you want a, a three piece tuxedo suit, I can do it. If you want mm-hmm. jeans, I can do it. If you want button up silk, satin, uh, you want cashmere coats, I can do it. So I can do anything from urban all the way to GQ. It's not a problem. All right, true indeed, true indeed. Now, with that, was this just a natural born talent? Did you go to school to get some things together with in terms of this? Oh, no, not at all. This was just natural, just gifted talent that God blessed me with. And to be honest with you, I didn't know that I had it in me. I knew I was very articulate, but I didn't know I had it in me for that particular uh, line of work that I got myself into. Because I kind of jumped into it so deep because... Mm-hmm. As other clothing designers, and no disrespect to them, I mean, it's a, it's a great look. I think I don't have t-shirts and hoodies. Like, usually people thought I would t-shirts and hoodies and mm-hmm. hats. I skipped all of that. I went straight into custom-made clothing from furs to suits to everything else. I, I don't have a t-shirt line or uh, a hoodie line or even a hat line. So, I just jumped right into the pool with sharks, and I felt that I could swim, and I can deal with the best of them. And um, I came very successful at doing what I do, so it was a blessing. No doubt, no doubt. And out of curiosity, why did you bypass all that? Did you just feel like it, or were you just like everybody else has that, and I'm just not beat to get into that routine? Yeah, that's what it is. Like now, after me being in the business for ten years, now I would just do a t-shirt line, and it won't be to even make money. It'll just be more just to pass out because my clientele is so powerful right now that I can afford to just give out shirts all my fans and clients and they'll just wear it out and about because of who I am and mm-hmm. I feel that would just bring more attention to me just because of the way I did it so it wouldn't even so when I do the t-shirt line it wouldn't even really be for money I'll either give it away or I'll or I'll charge peanuts for it like it don't even matter because I make all my money off all the other big stuff so that would just be like promotion giveaways for me no doubt that's definitely peace and a wonderful place to go and be in now with um the custom line i mean how did you actually get more people i guess because the way i see fashion like when you get into that custom realm you know that clientele tends to come from word of mouth or things like that did that come about that way with you 
Yes, that's basically how it came about. I had just I got to business cards maybe I'll say six five or six years prior to me being in business. So everything else was just word of mouth and you know, and as far as a computer, which is funny, I've been in business ten years. I just got a computer a year and a half ago, people. So mm. I was doing all that other work for eight, nine years without no computer. And the reason that was was because I didn't know how to work one at the time, to be honest with you. Mm. And my father was so old school with it. He always just told me, like, son, like, it's all good for this technology. It's all flying, all that. But if you keep everything in your membrane, you'll be better off. Because, see, if you're one of those people that sit in front of the computer all day and it crashes, mm. you know, those are the people that will go crazy. But now mentally They're not stable to work Because now they depend on the computer And I, and I told mm. myself I would never be like that So like 9 times out of 10 I got everything in my head So my computer crashed I can remember everything And then go jot it down on some paper And get it back So I won't be I won't lo- have lost You know everything Nah no doubt So you don't have Crackberry syndrome Like some of these folks have <laughs> nah, not at all. Like in my phone, I know some people they depend on their cell phone. They go to the phone book and, and deliver a number. I got about a thousand um, numbers in my phone, literally, and I can remember at least seven hundred of them off the top of my head. All right, true indeed, true indeed. Now you mentioned your father. You seem to be a brother who's had like a nice, solid family foundation. Am I correct? Yes, I did. I'm not going to sit up here and even pretend and come to you with like no hood story or no project story and that's no disrespect to anybody I just I don't have a hood story but I have a good story and I just happen to be my father and mother just happen to be you know financially straight where they was able to raise me and my brother and my sister in um, like I said Bergen County New Jersey which is actually if you, if you look at if you look it up it's the first uh, the first richest county in the country and everybody lives out there from Eddie Murphy on and I mean literally like right around the corner from us so it was, yeah so I definitely had a definitely raised properly and definitely in a good uh, good area to continue what I'm doing no doubt and I could definitely appreciate you saying that you know you don't have to feel like you had a front about your background and everything because like, so many people do that and then it just looks crazy later on there's no shame in having a solid family structure if you were blessed to have it yeah, I mean, like I like I tell people, I was I was born in, I was born into it, and I mean, I didn't, you know, I don't know, and you don't know until you're, you know, five, six, seven years old. Like, wow, I got a couple, I got a couple of things here. Like, wow, I'm really blessed. I learned early in life that I was blessed to have these things, and that's why my mother and father and I had such a beautiful relationship because I never took them for granted. I never, um, and I mean, I was spoiled rotten, but I wasn't one of them spoiled rotten kids to where if I can't get it I run in the corner and I scream my head off until I get it no I wasn't like that it was just Mm -hmm. if it was no it was no but I got more yeses than I didn't know so I was cool with that Mm. all right all right all right now for some of these folks who might be like "Hmm, where can we find you know some Apollo's gear like we wanted to see some examples and stuff of that I know you just had some of your gear recently in a few um, videos can you um list some of them people yeah, um, yeah, um, shout out to Smoke Bolger. He's out of the Boston area. He just did a video with, um, Jim Jones called Money in My Mind. And you can catch that on World Star or actually, um, uh, MTV Jams. He's actually wearing two of my pieces. There's about five or six pieces that he's wearing in there. I ain't gonna take credit for all of that. Um, but I'll take credit for the two. He's wearing the red coat with the white fur collar. And he's wearing a blue fox fur coat that I did. So, you can definitely catch it, you know, catch it on there. And he's actually the first person to 
to actually put me in the video, you know, with my clothes. There was a couple of people that tried, but the videos never really went nowhere. So to me, it, that doesn't count. That one is physically can be seen. Um, he gives me the shout outs on other DVDs that I'm part of that segment of the styling part of that video. So yes, it was definitely a blessing there. Um, you can always go to myspace.com backslash potajah. Um, you can go to myspace.com exclusive fashion, the number four real. And um, catch me there Or if you're up in the Boston area Because I'm very funny where I like my clothes at You can go to mm-hmm. Newberry Street Which is like 5th Avenue Or Rodale Drive in Beverly Hills And catch my stuff at a store called Rick Walker's store on Newberry Street Okay, okay So you don't have I guess I would say at the moment Like a storefront for her to check out But people can get your gear Through all those other means No, I don't, I don't You know what, I don't get caught up in, in that, you know, like me getting the storefront. I mean, eventually, I might just do one, but everything is just so nicely flowing and coming so nice. My father told me sometimes, don't fix what's not broken. So mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go with, with with what I was taught and just run with it until I feel that that's something I need to do. Right now, I'm 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 doing fine. I have no complaints. All right, no doubt, no doubt. And with all of these things going on, because I mean, I know your clientele is crazy just on entertainment, much less on all the um, other extra ends. You must have a great team behind you. Yeah, actually I do. But you know what? I, actually I do. As far as exclusive fashion and furs, I have my PR person, Miss Toy, and then I have my president, which is actually my best friend, my president, and he's my manager, all in one. So it's just a blessing to have these dumb people around me because everybody is loyal and not just come with loyalty. What I want in my company, I just want you to be loyal. I want mm-hmm. you to be faithful. See, that's where a lot of people go wrong at. They have a lot of loyal people, but they don't have no faithful people. And I got both of that. So I was blessed with that. But then on top of that, yes, I have a under um, under one umbrella. Yes, I have a stylist called Miss Fallon. She's my stylist. I have um, a production company called Prolific Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maddie, uh, Filthy Rich, and Ray Blast. They rappers as well. They do production. I have um, Vintage Beats. Uh, Billy Blast, that do the beats if I need them. I have Mag Beats. They do the beats. And um, yeah, it's like, and I have like a film crew too. So. Air to the streets on um, Wally's Ball, Frankie Blanco. So I have everything that kind of goes under one umbrella, but at the same time, they all have their own endeavors. All right, true that, true that. That's a whole lot going on. And on top of that, I know you do a lot of things within for the community, which is wonderful. Can you break down some details on that? Oh uh, yeah. Um, I, for, I forgot the um, <laughs> I forgot the one. I, I don't know if it's sickle cell or I forgot which one it was, but I know um, some people reached out to me and they always call me to ask me can I help you know donate you know some money or donate a walk or a run to you know whatever their kids are going through so I'm definitely mm-hmm. big on that but um, what I do every year though I run the um, I call it the baby marathon it's a two mile run that I do for the boys and girls club out here in Boston and um, I ran it last year and I actually ran it today so and I get back to that and it's just a blessing to know that um, I can do that because some people they donate but then they don't they don't also they don't earn their donation i want to earn mine like i gave you the money also but also let me participate in it as well because i feel that i'm built like that it also makes me feel good that i just didn't just give my money and don't care no i went out there i sweated i twisted my ankle i'm hurt i'm tired whatever it may be but i you know i I did my one two for y'all 
No doubt. So it's not just that blank check writing just to look good and you keep it moving. There's actually some heart and foundation behind it. Yeah, when I ran it today, man, I ran the two miles today. Um, I ran it last year. I was trying to beat my time because it's like a, it's called the Bunker Hill Race. I ran it last year, mm-hmm. and I think in the two mile I ran like 17, 17 seconds or something like that. So I don't know what my time is until um tomorrow to see if I can beat my time. But um, it came out real nice, and um, I twisted my ankle and I I paid for it, but I still kept going, and mm-hmm. oh, nobody nobody knew it because I'm an athlete. I'm a I'm a sportsmanship at the end of the day. I do what I do, and I keep it pushing. I'm not a complainer. I'm not into that. It is what it is. No doubt, and that's a wonderful thing. Now, for somebody who's been doing all of these ventures so successfully for the past 10 years, if there was a young brother who said, it was like, yo, I'm really interested in getting into this particular type of business, what are some words of wisdom you can drop on him? I would tell him to keep his mind right, his time right, and his grind right. And with those three things, you won't even, nobody can't even stop you. Because with that, now, now what you're doing is you're avoiding the haters, because the haters are going to come. Like me, personally, I love the haters. They don't even know they made me. If they knew what they did to me, they'll stop hating on me. But that's a blessing. But I would just tell somebody young, listen, the haters are going to come, so keep your mind right. I say, you know, there's always going to be some type of obstacle that you're going to have to jump over that you might not always be able to climb. But, you know, mm-hmm. keep, you know keep your time right and just... um. You know, just just stay focused, man, and, and and be yourself. Most important, like like don't like be 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 a trendsetter, not a trend sweater. And mm. with that, you you will make it. At the end of the day, you will make. You gonna have people literally trying to pull you off the wall and knock you off your pedestal and stuff like that. But if you just do what you're supposed to do and mind your business and stay focused on what you do and put your time and effort into what you want to be successful. Oh man, listen, nobody can stop you. I can promise you. All right, no doubt. And y'all heard those words of wisdom and everything right here. And also one thing I'm noticing too throughout this interview with this brother and just from, you know, our interactions earlier, you know, it's a blessing that you are going through all this and you're, you know, really grounded and really humble. And that might be one thing we need to let the people know too is that, you know, no matter where you climb up, you're going to still need to have that to keep yourself balanced. Because we see a lot of people can get lost real quick and that money and that fame get into play. Yes, yes. A lot of people get caught up in, in me. I've never been like that, and and you know I would never be like that. That's why when you said what you said, yeah, I called on time. That's me. So I'm never going to ever, ever get so big to where I'm going to forget about Fusebox Radio. Fusebox Radio will be mentioned lifetime with me. Anybody who ever helped me, anybody who ever supported me. Shout out to Prina, who who who's been who's been like like I call her like I call her the young Oprah. She's like the She's like the gazoo in the Flintstones. She just comes out of the air and makes wonderful things happen. Like those people I can't forget. And it's like definitely big up to you because it's funny because here it is. I'm from a town, um, like I said, the, the town Bergen County in Jersey where everybody got money. But it seems like all the outside love is coming from the outside, nothing hmm. from the inside. And I just don't understand it because where I'm from, I mean, you might live next door with a person with a Cadillac and a person next door might have a Maserati and the next door person might have a Mercedes Benz and you might have a BMW. So at the end of the day, why are we hating on each other out that way? It's like it's like mm-hmm. beyond my wildest dreams. So I eventually had to make a move and get to where I'm loved from the people who don't know me. So I get more love from the people such as yourself that don't know me than the people that actually do know me. And you know what? I'm so fine with it, I can care less. 
No doubt. And that's a funny thing. That tends to happen to a lot of people for whatever reason. Yeah, but, I mean, you know. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, Mary, for real. These people in my town literally could walk to Eddie Murphy's house. I mean, we all can. It ain't like you live two hours away. You can mm-hmm. walk to Eddie Murphy's house. You can walk to Puffy's house. You can walk to Chris Rock's house. You can walk to Jay Z. All this is the walking. The Isley Brothers, the Sugar Hooker. All these people live in our area in that town called Bergen County, New Jersey. So I'm, it's beyond me why y'all would be so mad with me. But I understand mm-hmm. it though, because I was always, I never, I, I shouldn't be the underdog, but I consider myself to be the underdog, and I love being the underdog because what's so funny is that name P did it actually came from a hater, mm-hmm. and what happened was right when they thought I wasn't doing nothing, here I come with another smasher or another hit or another front cover or another radio show, and the name just came out like yo. Yo, man, did it. Yo, yo, he did it again. And then they just put the P on front of it. Because they used to call me P. Diddy. Because me and Puff actually have a lot in common. A common. Even though we don't really know each other, we mm-hmm. actually have a lot in common. So they called, called me P. Diddy for a minute. And then finally, the haters are just like, yo, man. Yo, you change your name to P. Diddy. And I actually ran with it. Because I actually kind of like that name, actually. So I ran with it for a while. And then, you know, all the other nicknames came into play. So mm-hmm. it is what it is. But it's a shame, me being from where I'm from, you would think that people they got the same kind of money, or at least in the same tax bracket, would just have love for you. But unfortunately, it's not like that. Mm, that's a very deep thing and a very deep statement that yeah, you made. One hundred, right? That's what I will do. Yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, it's, it's kind of bad. We're in an amazing age where you run into that, and you're like, "Wow, that's different." <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. I'm, I'm, I'm the same guy. I mean, even certain guys that own certain friends of mine down there that own barbershops, they'll tell you if I'm kind of a neat freak for the most part, they'll tell you I have no problem picking up a broom and going to a barbershop and sweep up the hairs in their in barbershop. Like, it's not a problem for me to do that because I'm not ever going to be too big to where I'm going to be like, oh, I'm not going to do that or, or what that, that's what that guy gets paid for. He gets to the floor. No, I split up the floor just too messy and I was in with buying the, and the guy you're paying ain't clean up your floor. I will grab a broom and have no problem sweeping it up. It's not a problem because at the end of the day, I know that's not what I do for a living. I'm just doing that because I just don't like filth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I ain't so, like I said, I'm humble all the way around the board, man. My, my boy AZ, the legendary AZ, the rapper. What up? My man. And I, me and AZ is very close friends. I got no problem carrying his bag for him if he needs me. If he needs me to help him go to the airport and carry his luggage, I have no problem with doing that for him. I'm a fan of his and I love his music. Sometimes he bugs out on me like, boy, you crazy. But at the end of the day, he has to respect me because... I, you know, I, I do this from the heart. It's not like you're paying me and, and, and I'm on your payroll. Mm-hmm. I just like, I'm just a fan of your music. And at one time, I always wanted to meet you. And then my dream came true that I met you. So that's just letting the people out there know me as a whole. I'm very humble. But if you take my kindness for weakness, I can go another way too. Because I'm a very, very great person at the beginning of the day, mm-hmm. middle of the day, and at the end of the day. Word up, word. and you know that's definitely the way all these things should be. You know, people just know right up front what they're dealing with, and you know they can act accordingly afterwards. But you know, as long as people know that you're a good person, and you know they can't play you for a chump either. Right. Hey, what else can you really ask for? Yeah, well, like I tell people, I've been a fashion designer for a little while, but I've been that other cat for a long, long while. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, 
you know, I don't want nobody to, to push my button or, or try to go there with me because they think because you know, I, I play with furs and I play with, with clothes, I'm some mm-hmm. kind of softy. No, I'm not no killer, I ain't into all that, but at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to get over on me either just because you think that you can. That's a no-no. No way. All right, no doubt. You know, definitely very good words and strong words to end that with because too many people think being kind means that you pay for a chump and, you know, that's not supposed to be the way it is. Period. Yeah, not at all. And, and plus, on top of that, I, I treat people good. I mean, if I can help people, I will. My mother always told me, don't ever misjudge somebody because you might have a little bit more than this person or whatever the case may be. And if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. So, I'm one of those kind of people, if I can help you, I really, really will help you. I done gave bum sneakers out of my closet. I done seen a guy that bust out three days straight with the same shirt on looking crazy. I go home and give him, you know, white tees I mean I've been known to just show love to a lot of lot of lot of people I do more than what people think I just don't brag or try to put it out there all the time but every now and then I let it be known oh I do a lot even if they stated in the community Mm -hmm. I do a lot off the record because I mean I got I mean I have a whole bunch of sneakers I mean I can't go get this man three three or four pairs of sneakers I mean let's let's be serious at the end of the day Mm -hmm. you know so I, I try my best to Right, no doubt, no doubt. And you know, y'all have heard the rundown from Polo the Fur King. The man is serious. He's doing a whole lot of things. It's not just the clothes. You hear all of the things from work within the community, the other business ventures. Now, just one more time for the people who are really about it, because you know, you seem to be brother don't want to waste their time. So if they're really, really about doing some building with you, what are the best ways folks can get at you again? Yeah, they can get at me through myspace.com backslash polyjob or uh, myspace.com backslash exclusive fashion the number four in real or you can call the company number 860-777-6578 and get at me that way if you're up in the Boston area you can call me or you can like I said go to Newberry Street and they do like you know custom um, you know prepaid orders and that's how you can you know get to my stuff that's the, that's the best best way to get at me and see my work I constantly put pictures up constantly between every week in 30 days to show you something new mm-hmm. and um i'm all over man from from fusebox radio to all kind of magazines so if you, if you google me you can find me in all access to dvds to i mean i'm everywhere at the end of the day you just gotta google me and find me and find me i'm around trust me all right no doubt no doubt and again we definitely need to thank you for taking out your time and your extremely busy schedule to do this interview and everybody knows how we do the Fusebox Radio. Each week, we archive our weekly show on our podcast page, fuseboxradio.podomatic.com, where you'll be able to check out information about the show playlist. Of course, the interviews jumping off, including this one, and just everything else that's happening. We'll also have links and pictures and all that good stuff of um, folks we have here for the interview, so y'all really see what's going on with Polo the Fur King. And again, you know, y'all know I don't necessarily love the, the, the term Google people, but you really can do that with Homeboy and get a whole lot of stuff. And also check out that um, Smoke Boga video, which we should also have posted up on the Black Radio with Back.com site very shortly. And, you know, you'll see some of this gear. You'll see it's real. It's not, you know, nothing from, you know, former mills or big lots, but it ain't too sedity either. It's that real high quality stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and they can call me too Like, you know, I do answer my phone sometimes I'm not one of those people where You know, I'm going to have my PR answer my phone all the time No, if, I, if the phone's near me I will pick it up and say hello It's not a problem 
Um, I'm not one of them kind of people. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm. I'm. I'm a little cocky, but more confident. But I'm not arrogant. I'm nothing like that. I'm actually a shy person, but I try to show the love, man. As long as I see that the love is back, man, and all I'm trying to do is supply people with the finer things in life because I'm, I'm in a position. I'm in a position to, and hopefully, you know, everybody respects what I'm trying to do, man. And uh, hey, you know, just keep looking out for me, man. I'm still, I'm still up and coming. And, um, you know, I'm trying, to, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get there. So look out for me and uh, work for me and I work with y'all. I got you. All right, no doubt. We definitely have no doubt that we just going to see more bigger and greater things from you. And, again, we definitely had to thank Polo the Fur King for his interview. Um, you're going to be able to check out all the information on blackradiotech.com as well as our Fusebox Radio podcast page. And we're going to get right back up into the mix here on the syndicated worldwide Fusebox Radio broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah, bringing you the best of hip-hop and soul music from all over live and direct, bringing that balance back to black radio. Peace. Right here for my man A million bucks, new on the ruling shades cause they cost too much. Uh, Private collection, of course, that's a meaning. Polo, he the customized jeans. And my dude chase million, he out for that straight cash. I'm licking up with Maddie, filthy rich and Ray Blast. Prolific entertainment, but man gave me this oh, yeah. Pulling out tracks like a dentist do his teeth. If it ain't exclusive, it can't be fashion. Can't so be. keep the documentary and stop harassing. 24-7 with my fresh, never rushing it. Krishna the fur queen, Miss Toy the publicist. Wally don't sweat trans, he said trans, word the polo and ain't none of us, yes man, forget them other name brands, that's for the birds, I only rock exclusive fashion and furs, fresh, dressed like a million Listening to the fuse box with John Judah.
Jude in the mix. Check it Right here on the fuse box radio.
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah. Right here on the Fuse Box Radio.
right here on the Fuse Box Radio. Listening to the fuse box with John Judah.
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah.
Without you, there is no Pharaoh. So all you have to do to let him go is let him go. Just wake up tomorrow morning and say bye, Pharaoh, honey. Right here on the Fuse Box Radio. Tenille, and I'm hanging out with Fusebox Radio and BlackRadioIsBack.com.
right here on the Fuse Box Radio.
Radio. Listening to the fuse box with John Judah.
Right here on the fuse box radio.
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah. Right here on the Fuse Box Radio.
right here on the Fuse Box Radio.
right here on the Fuse Box Radio. Listening to the fuse box with John Judah.
all the time we have tonight. Join us next time. Good night.